1: After trauma on the floor of the Senate and a tie-breaking vote from Vice President Pence, debate on the health care bill will move forward. Senator John McCain returned to cast his vote. He just had harsh words for a system he says is not working right now, that they're getting nothing done in Congress. Now, President Trump about to hold a news conference in the Rose Garden with the Prime Minister of Lebanon. We expect he will be asked about a number of different things, including the health care bill, Uh, and about the current situation with Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Karen Travers, live at the White House now. And Karen, the president, waited for John McCain to end his speech on the floor of the Senate before coming out. We expect the president any moment now.
0: He did a a kind of a a rare pause for the president uh, deferring his own schedule to Capitol Hill. Uh, But interestingly, Alex, the president's going to take some questions in the Rose Garden. But he also did an interview this afternoon with the Wall Street Journal. Not usual if you're going to take questions. And in that, he would not say if he's going to fire Attorney General Jeff Sessions. We'll see if that uh, tune has changed over the past couple of hours.
1: I'm passing between flags, uh, the U.S. flag, American flag, and the flag of Lebanon with the prime minister, the Lebanese prime minister, President Trump, walking Thank out you right you very now much. To dual podiums. Let's listen yeah. in.
2: Please.
3: I'm very happy to announce that with zero of the Democrats' votes, the motion to proceed on health care has just passed. And now we move forward towards truly great health care for the American people. We look forward to that. This was a big step. I want to thank Senator John McCain, very brave man. He made a tough trip to get here and vote. So we want to thank Senator McCain and all of the Republicans. We passed it without one Democrat vote. And that's a shame, but that's the way it is, and it's uh, very unfortunate. But I want to congratulate American people because we're going to give you great health care, and we're going to get rid of Obamacare, which should have been, frankly, terminated long ago. It's been a disaster for the American people. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, and thank you all for being here. It is my honor to welcome Prime Minister Saad Hariri, of Lebanon to the White House. The Prime Minister and I have just concluded an extensive conversation about the challenges and opportunities facing Lebanon and its neighbors. Lebanon is on the front lines in the fight against ISIS, al Qaeda, and Hezbollah. The Lebanese people of all faiths are working together to keep their, and you know this, and we've been discussing this at great length. Their country's country safe and prosperous. They love their country, and they're going to keep it safe and prosperous. Mr. Prime Minister, I want to commend you and your people for standing up for humanity in a very troubled part of the world. The ties between our two countries stretch back more than a century. Long, long relationships. In 1866, American missionaries founded the American University of Beirut. Now, more than 150 years later, and with ongoing American support, this university continues to educate generations of leaders in the region. Today, our two countries seek to strengthen our relationship in many ways, including the pursuit of stability, mutual prosperity, and peace. What the Lebanese Armed Forces have accomplished in recent years is very impressive. In 2014, when ISIS tried to invade northern Lebanon, the Lebanese Army beat them back. Since that time, the Lebanese Army has been fighting continually to guard Lebanon's border and prevent ISIS and other terrorists, of which there are many, from gaining a foothold inside their country. The United States military has been proud to help in that fight and will continue to do so. America's assistance can help ensure that the Lebanese army is the only defender Lebanon needs. It's a very effective fighting force. Threats to the Lebanese people come from inside as well. Hezbollah is a menace to the Lebanese state, the Lebanese people, and the entire region. The group continues to increase its military arsenal, which threatens to start yet another conflict with Israel, constantly fighting them back. With the support of Iran, the organization is also fueling humanitarian catastrophe in Syria. Hezbollah likes to portray itself as a defender of Lebanese interests, but it's very clear that its true interests are those of itself and its sponsor, Iran. I've repeatedly emphasized that Syria's neighbors in the Middle East must take responsibility for helping Syrian refugees until they can return home and rebuild their country. The Lebanese people have led the way, accepting more Syrian refugees per capita than any other nation. It's not even close. I want to thank the Prime Minister and the Lebanese people for giving shelter to those victimized by ISIS, the Assad regime, and their supporters and sponsors, and pledge our continued support to Lebanon. Since the start of the Syrian crisis, the United States has helped Lebanon support Syrian refugees with clean water, food, shelter, and healthcare. Our approach, supporting the humanitarian needs of displaced Syrian Syrian citizens as close to their home country as possible, is the best way to help Most people, America is proud to stand with those who have the courage to stand up to terrorism and take responsibility for affairs in their own region. The reliance and resilience of the Lebanese people in the face of war and terror is extraordinary. We honor the citizens of Lebanon who are working to secure a future of peace, stability, and prosperity for their children. Mr. Prime Minister, I'm grateful that you're here today It's a big day in our country because of the vote that you just heard about. (laughs) We stood and watched the results on television before coming out, and you found it very interesting, I hope. Yes, I did. And very important. I look forward to working with you to strengthen our partnership and the enduring friendship between the American and Lebanese peoples. Thank you very much, Mr. Prime Minister. Thank you. Good afternoon. I had the honor and pleasure,
2: and the pleasure to hold a very good meeting with President Trump. I appreciate his leadership and the United States' leadership in the world today. We discussed the situation in our region and the efforts we in Lebanon are making to safeguard our political and economic stability while combating terrorism. I thank President Trump for his support to our army and security agencies, as well as his support to UNIFIL maintaining peace and stability along our southern border, where our government is committed to to the United Nations Security Council Resolution 1701, as well as all resolutions. We also discussed the pressures Lebanon is facing as a result of 1.5 million Syrian displaced in our country. I outlined to, the President, to President Trump my government vision for dealing with this crisis with the support of the international community. We also discussed economic prospects in Lebanon and our government's effort to jumpstart inclusive economic growth with a particular emphasis on job creation. I thank President Trump and the United States of America for their support to the Lebanese people, striving to keep their country a model of moderation, dialogue, coexistence, and democratic governance in our region. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. A handshake going on right now between the two leaders, and now questions.
3: Thank you. Hello, Margaret.
4: Mr. President. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, I'll have a question for you also in just a second if you'll bear with me. Um, You spoke earlier today of the Wall Street Journal. We've all seen those comments, but I think everybody here probably is hoping uh, that you could talk a little bit more about this. Uh, You have called your Attorney General beleaguered. You've criticized his decision to recuse himself on the Russia matters. Uh, And your kind of catchphrase or motto before the White House was you're fired. So, I'm wondering if you would talk to us a little bit about whether you've lost confidence in Jeff Sessions, whether you want him to resign on his own, um, whether you're prepared to fire him if he doesn't, and and why you're sort of letting him twist in the wind rather than just making the call for him. Thank you.
3: Well, I don't think I am doing that, but I am disappointed in the Attorney General. Uh, He should not have recused himself almost immediately after he took office. And if he was going to recuse himself, he should have told me prior to taking office, and I would have quite simply picked somebody else. Uh, So I think that's a bad thing, not for the president, but for the presidency. I think it's unfair to the presidency, and uh, that's the way I feel. Thank you. Um, uh, Thank you.
4: Um, Mr. Prime Minister, Could you tell us what you think about the Saudi-led blockade of Qatar? Uh, This is something that has been of great concern to the U.S. also in terms of resolving. Do you think that Qatar is doing enough uh, on terror? And if so, uh, would you like to see President Trump uh, increase the pressure on the Saudi coalition to ease its blockade? And, Mr. President, uh, if you would give us any more of your thinking on going forward the path with Attorney General Sessions and maybe your timeline for making a decision, that would be great. Thank you. You don't give
2: up. That's okay. Thank you. I I think uh, there is an effort by the Kuwaitis, Uh, they are leading this effort, I think, uh, and I think they made some progress. We believe that dialogue is the best way in uh, improving this relationship between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. I believe that uh, maybe the United States also uh, could help in this, uh, in solving this uh, issue uh, in the Gulf. Denise.
4: I have one question for the President and also for Prime Minister. Congress inter- introduced additional sanctions against Hezbollah last week. What is your position towards these sanctions and on the role of Hezbollah is playing in the region and uh, Syria?
3: I'll be making my position very clear over the next 24 hours. Uh, we're going to see what is exactly taking place. I have meetings with some of my very expert uh, military representatives and others. So I'll be making that decision very shortly. Okay? And Thank about
4: you. his role in Syria and the region? Whose
3: role?
4: Hezbollah's role.
3: Uh, I'll be talking about that tomorrow.
4: Prime Minister, what will the Lebanese government demand for the American Congress regarding the rights of Hezbollah?
2: Prime Minister, بأي موضوع من الفرض علينا عقوبات Prime Minister of
1: Lebanon answering a question there, the, the translator not jumping in, going back to what President Trump was talking a, a bit uh, about a moment ago, the first question about the relationship with Attorney General Jeff Sessions, the uh, President saying he's disappointed in Sessions and that Sessions should not have recused himself from the Russia investigation. He called that uh, because Sessions did not tell him that he was going to recuse himself before he was appointed, that called it a bad thing for the presidency. President uh, staying unusually short on his answers. Let's listen back in.
3: Hello, Blake.
1: President Trump, hello. Thank you. Uh, Indulge us here for a second just to pick up where Margaret. The American people, I think, would like to know, do you feel uh, that the Attorney General should indeed stay in? Do you intend on uh, why should he remain as the Attorney General? And secondly, uh, on a separate topic, with the health care vote that just came about, still a long ways to go. At what point do you feel that Republicans, if they can't get something done, should just say, you know what, we gave it a go. Let's move on to tax reform instead. Thank you.
3: I want the Attorney General to be much tougher on the leaks from intelligence agencies, which are leaking like – Rarely have they ever leaked before at a very important level. These are intelligence agencies. We cannot have that happen. Uh, you know many of my views in addition to that, but I think that's one of the very important things that they have to get on with. Uh, I told you before I'm very disappointed with the Attorney General, uh, but we will see what happens. Time will tell. Time will tell. On health care, I'm extremely happy uh, that we got this vote. This is. They say, if you look historically, this is the tough vote to get. Now we're all going to sit together and we're going to try and come up with something that's really spectacular. We have a lot of options and a lot of great options. And the Republican senators really went out there. It's not easy when you have 52 senators and you have a block of 48 voting against you. No matter what it is, no matter how good it sounds, it's very hard to get the kind of numbers that we got. We ended up with 51 votes, 51 2 Whatever. I don't know what it is. Yeah, 51 to 50. So we had two Republicans that went against us, which is very sad, I think. It's very, very sad for them. But uh, I'm very, very happy with uh, the result. I believe now we will, over the next week or two, come up with a plan that's going to be really, really wonderful for the American people. Obamacare is a disaster. It's failing in every front. It's too expensive. It gives horrible coverage. It was gotten by a lie 28 times. It was a lie. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your plan, all lies. And the people are sick of it. And we're going to come up with a great health care that satisfies the needs of the people that we serve, which is the people of the United States. I will say, and I said it right at the beginning health care is always difficult because you have to weed a very, very narrow path, like a quarter of an inch wide, right down the middle. And if you go a little bit too far right, you lose three people on the left. And if you go a little bit too far left, you lose five people on the right. It is a very, very complex and difficult task. But it's something I actually know quite a bit about. I want to just thank some of the Republican senators who were really fantastic in getting us here particularly John McCain, for making the trip, uh, but I think you're going to have a great health care. This is the beginning of the end for the disaster known as Obamacare. Thank you very much.
1: And, uh, Mr. President uh,
2: Mr. President, how can the United States help Lebanon cope with the massive number of refugees of Syrian refugees, and is there a way you can help facilitate the refugees' return to their home country?
3: Well, we are helping, and one of the things that we have made tremendous strides at is getting rid of ISIS. We have uh, generals that don't like to talk, they like to do. And we were with General Mattis last night, and the success they've had against ISIS is extraordinary. We've made more progress in the last four or five months than previous, really, I could say the previous administration made in Eight years. And then we have to see what we have to see. But I will tell you, ISIS in Syria, ISIS in Iraq, ISIS in other locations. uh, We have made tremendous strides. Our military is an incredible fighting force. And as you know, I let the commanders on the ground do what they had to do. Before they used to have to call in this beautiful house and speak to people that didn't know what was happening. Where they were, what locations? Practically, probably, never heard of the countries they were talking about or the towns. I let the generals do what they had to do, and we have made tremendous plans. We were discussing it just before. We have made tremendous gains with respect to ISIS in Syria, Iraq, and other places.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you. What about Dr. Raiz? Assad. What about uh, I'm not a fan of Assad, okay? How you will he act, will tell how you that because we, yeah. we hit 58 out of 58, or you could even say 59 out of 59 when we launched the Tomahawk missiles. Now, I'm not a fan of Assad. I certainly think that what he's done to that country and to humanity is horrible. So I have been saying that for a long time. I am not somebody that uh, will stand by and let him get away with what he tried to do. And he did it a number of times when President Obama drew the red line in the sand. And then he should have crossed that red line because some horrible acts against humanity took place, including gas and the killing through gases. Uh, That was a bad day for this country. And I'd go a step further. that. Had President Obama gone across that line and done what he should have done, I don't believe you'd have Russia, and I don't believe you'd have Iran to anywhere near the extent, and maybe not at all, in Syria today. Okay? Thank you very much.
2: Isnt, the, the on, Prime Minister
1: answering the question well about Assad. Uh, the President talking is about Marine, some international relations there, but really most of the questions have been focused from the U.S. reporters on Attorney General Jeff Sessions and on the uh, health care bill. The President liking what happened with the health care bill today and not saying a whole lot about Sessions or giving any real uh, clues. As uh, this uh, news conference continues in the Rose Garden right now, uh, the president making it clear that time will tell when it comes to Jeff Sessions, a topic that is big in Washington and across this country right now. Thank you very much, everybody.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you so much, Mr. Prime Minister. Thank you.
1: The two uh, leaders now shaking hands at the end of this news conference. All of the questions again from the U.S. side, sticking to, to Sessions and the future of health care. President saying he wants Sessions to be tougher on leaks, that he's disappointed, and that uh, we will see what happens, in quotes, uh, and the time will tell. He said he's happy with the vote that happened today, moving the health care debate forward. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC's Karen Travers live at the White House. and Karen, the president uh, staying unusually brief in his Sessions comments, he even heard a bit off mic saying you don't give up when asked a a follow-up question uh, about Sessions that uh, he didn't go into a lot of detail.
0: No, he didn't. And, you know, this was the first time we've seen him on camera with these comments about Jeff Sessions, first giving them to The New York Times last week, doing an interview with The Wall Street Journal today, and, of course a lot of tweets over the past couple of days. But the president disputed the idea that he was letting Jeff Sessions twist in the wind. He said, I don't think I'm doing that. But Alex, this was not exactly a a good peace of mind offer for Jeff Sessions about the future of his job status. The president said he wants Jeff Sessions to be tougher on leaks. But when specifically asked, should he resign? Are you going to fire him? What is going to happen to Jeff Sessions? The president said, we'll see what happens. Time will tell. Will tell. Remember, it was only five days ago that Jeff Sessions said he would stay as Attorney General as long as it was appropriate. Certainly, a lot of questions today at the Justice Department as to whether or not that time has come when the president is throwing him uh, under the bus right now. I mean, these are incredible comments the last couple of days from President Trump
1: and sources saying that uh, inside the DOJ that Sessions is not ready to resign at this point. And Karen, what has changed in the last week or so? The recusal came a long time ago.
0: It certainly and, yeah.
1: And, and and the decision not to reopen the the Clinton case, you know, that that was a long time ago as well why now? Why in late July is this now an issue that is pressing and that he's angry about?
0: That's the good and that's the critical question right now. Why is this festering in the president's mind? And this is the thing he's tweeting about. It could be that the Russia investigation certainly feels like it's heating up. You know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen so much reporting on his son, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer. You had Jared Kushner, his son-in-law and senior advisor on Capitol Hill on Monday again today, taking questions from the House and Senate Intelligence Committee. Talk about his son going up to Capitol Hill. Paul Manafort, his campaign manager. This is really the only story right now in Washington besides this latest development on health care. And the White House will say the president is just frustrated. He wants to talk about Issues. He wants to talk about his agenda, but Alex, this morning, the first tweets uh, out of you know his phone when he woke up were all about Jeff Sessions, not about the big health care vote that was coming. So, for some reason, this is just simmering at the front of his mind, and in some ways, he's the reason it's still a headline because he keeps talking about it and tweeting about it.
1: Let's talk about those tweets for a second. This morning, that uh, it was something both sides of the aisle have come out and said that. They were bizarre. It, it was a a bunch of tweets that came out. I mean, we've seen these uh, tweet storms from the president before. Mm-hmm. This was a lot today, and he was going after everybody, uh, whether it be uh, Sessions or Democrats or, or everybody else. Uh, and it seemed like that there was a lot of passion and a lot of, of anger behind it. There at the White House is staff and obviously the communication staff is in flux right now. But is staff talking about that at all or do they just ignore the tweets when the president tweets now
0: they can't ignore them because they get so many questions about them and you know we certainly ask anytime there seems to be a tweet that goes beyond what we know the president has said in the past on the record but the reaction tends to be a couple of things first a sigh sometimes from senior officials who maybe hadn't seen it and were the first heads up that the president was up early tweeting there's also that line that the White House likes to come back to the tweets speak for themselves I, I don't I think we've had an occasion where the White House has walked back A tweet from the president. These are official statements. I mean, there was a big debate about that a couple weeks ago, but we treat them as official statements from the president, from the White House. So, you know, all this talk about how the president's so frustrated that he wants to be out talking about taxes and infrastructure and the press secretary accusing the media of having Russia fever. Well, that also starts in the Oval Office because the president in some ways is setting an agenda and setting a narrative with his singular focus these days on Russia and now on Jeff Sessions. And Alex, just also an an incredible timeline. Jeff Sessions was one of the president's earliest, most loyal supporters, the first senator to endorse him. And now in this interview today with The Wall Street Journal, the president dismissing that endorsement, uh, you know, really not placing much stock or value in it, saying it wasn't about loyalty. It was about the big crowds and, and being out there and the excitement of the campaign trail. It's just hard to see if this is how he is with Jeff Sessions, who was a loyalist, Not just on the campaign trail, but in trying to enact some of the tougher spots of the president's agenda, like immigration reform and the travel ban, you have to think other cabinet secretaries a little concerned about their standing, too.
1: And that Sessions did it because of big crowds and not loyalty, the president telling the the Wall Street Journal today. Karen Travers live at the White House. Karen, thank you. Uh, All of the questions uh, again today focused on during this news conference, uh, Sessions and health care. President happy with what just happened with health care, the bill moving forward, but saying he wants Sessions to be tougher on leaks and saying time will tell with Jeff Sessions as to what happens with him. I'm Alex Stone, and you've been listening to live coverage from ABC News.
3: When breaking news changes
1: the world, ABC News, accurate, credible, and unmatched. On Twitter, at ABC News Radio.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours